Don't y'all go telling me the Jaguars love Josh Allen when all they do is act like they just like Josh Allen. I'll tell you exactly why I feel that way and more on this edition of Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening? Thank you for joining me here on Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I have actually been covering this team for almost two decades, and I love the fact that I get to do this every single day. We're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page on Locked On Jaguars as well. Make sure you head on over, hit the like button, hit that bell so you receive notifications after you subscribe. And make sure wherever, wherever you get your audio podcast, you check us out every single day there also. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Shout out to the everydayers joining us every single day. Making themselves in every day and you can be the same if you just join every single day all right let's get right to it do the jags love we're like josh allen we'll talk about that in segment one that might even run into segment two because my thoughts on that i almost did a whole show on that but my thoughts on that are so profound and big i think we'll con- continue to touch on that as news comes out about the expected tag segment two will spin wisely at the wide receiver position and what i mean by that is I feel sorry for those teams that feel like they got to go out and spend $20 million on a wide receiver this year when there's so many in the draft that you can get for way, way less. You can get multiple players for that. However, I do understand the Jaguars resigning Calvin Ridley if that's the case because they need multiple wide receivers, and I don't think you need to go with all rookies. And then third and final segment, moving back makes sense. Folks are like, man, are you crazy? Why would we move back? We did that last year and ended up with all of those draft picks. Yeah, you did it last year and ended up with a bunch of draft picks in a draft that wasn't good. This one's deep, especially at positions that the Jaguars need. Moving back a little bit, maybe in the same territory might uh, that they got Anton Harrison might provide another bite at the apple. But let's get back to the top of the show and talk about do the Jags love or like Josh Allen? You know, it's I think they've done they haven't mistreated Josh Allen. So I'll get that out of the way right now. This ain't talking about like they treating him like, you know, he's a stepchild that you don't want or something like that. Shout out to all the stepkids. But what it is, is when you relatively, relatively speaking, when have you ever seen a a great, great player not get his fifth year option or who's a first round pick prior, not get his fifth year option picked up? play on the tag okay so you don't pick up the fifth year option but you play him on the tag after his you know when his fourth year is over with you tag him and then now you're going to tag him a second year in a row he was a top 10 pick albeit not by Trent Baalke in this administration even though Baalke was on the staff when he was chosen the thing that makes this I don't think Baalke was here at that time in fact Baalke I don't think he was but the thing that bothers me about this is 
if the Jaguars are going to re-sign him to a big long-term deal, that means that they're going to treat him. He is their TJ Watt. He is their Miles Garrett. He is their Joey Bosa. Now, think about those guys I just mentioned. Do you think those guys would be around here wondering what their future holds? Uh, do you think those guys would be people that didn't get their fifth-year option picked up or didn't get a, a an early extension? No, they wouldn't be. That's why I said the Jaguars are treating this guy like he's just he's not that dude, and they don't have a reason to do it, in my opinion. Not off the field, not in terms of his preparation, not in terms of his attitude, not in terms of how he he's carried himself, and as of late, his production. You, you just they have to be definitive and more deliberate about who they are and what they are. Instead of waiting until the last minute, the last possible minute to do everything, we're using all of our time. You know, you know whether they put the franchise tag on him today or wait until the day before. It's the same to me as they were now. Now, listen, they were very definitive when they said we ain't picking up his fifth year option. We're not doing it. They just tagged him. After he had, you know, after the fourth year, they tagged him. My thing is, is they're always waiting things out as if we need to see first. I think you need to know first. I think when you're running this team, when you compare them to other teams, they are very intentional, the other teams. The Jaguars are napkin in a windstorm. Whatever happens, wherever that wind blows, wherever that napkin ends up, when the wind stops blowing, that's what we'll make a decision on what we want to do. And I think that's what gets them in trouble because now they have to re-sign Josh Allen or tag him at the same time that they have this issue with Calvin Ridley, potentially, hitting free agency and not coming back and keeping their second-round pick as, a, as opposed to a third or they may have a wink-wink deal, and then everybody's talking about Trevor possibly getting extended. And the thing is, is they're always the team that seems to be, if you watch it, they'll look like where they're just being judicious with their time, and they're just, what they're doing is they're making sure, and, they, and they're being really, really careful. Or, or and, and, this is, and this is where I'm at with it, you can use that as an excuse because you don't know what in the hell you're doing. You're afraid to make a bold move. You're afraid to say, no, nah, this is what we're going to do. You're afraid to be like, hey, man, no. Or yes. It's always maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe we like it. Maybe we don't. And we ain't going to talk about stuff that we've heard off the record. But if they don't believe, and it's not incumbent of them to tell anybody, but if they don't believe that he is just like those guys, that I mentioned already, those all pro dudes that people consider the absolute best in the league at what they do. If they don't think that he's that way, it's counterintuitive for them to come out and say it. Why would they say it? No, we don't think you like that. I'll tell you what, you don't have to. Your actions dictate what you feel. And it, to me, it feels like they don't feel like he's that good. And you know what? I don't think he's as good as those dudes. But that's not the way this works in the NFL. The way this works is whoever's next, they get paid. There's going to be quarterbacks that ain't as good as other guys in the league, but when it's time for them to get paid, they're going to reset the market and they're going to make all the money, right? Right. I know it's true because that's the way it works. But this is why, and I and I know there's a lot of other guys, some of them podcasters, some of them media people, some of them just Twitter trolls, they go, remember everybody was talking about everybody being me trading Josh Allen? Well, this is exactly why. 
because of how they do business. I knew that they were going to end up in this situation because they always end up in this situation. Either trade them and get something for them, or now you're sitting here looking, you know, you, like you don't know what you're doing. They don't talk to the dude when they're supposed to. The guys in the media, is, it, it, Trent doesn't even do his exit interview for the season until weeks, weeks after everybody's done that. They are always late for everything. And being late, eventually you start getting rolled up for it and getting referrals or getting pink slips. I think I think we have a bunch of people in our organization that are afraid to do or be proactive. And that's why they're always reactive, because it's easier to be reactive because it's like the situation dictated. But to be proactive, which is, I think, something that's required for you to be a winner. They should have made a decision one way or another on a Josh Allen already. What if they want to tag him and trade him for a late first round pick and then sign another edge rusher, like maybe a Daniil Hunter? Would you do that? I probably would, but just like the Calvin situation, Calvin Ridley situation, there's an absolute risk in doing that because you don't know if you're going to be able to get that guy or not. All of these things are tough questions. I'm not saying that they have an easy decision, but they could have made it, made it easier on themselves by doing what they're paid to do and make a tough decision before it got to this point that's what winners do winners also hang in there uh with locked on jaguars for three segments segment two is coming i'm going to tell you why they have to spend wisely at the wide receiver position they need to when where and how do they address it i'll tell you where and how in just a moment here on locked on jaguar And I have to let you guys know about FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel is the sponsor for today's show, and it is hoop season. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book in Central Michigan. Broke my heart. They won, but they didn't win by enough. I gave the points away, and I lost. But you don't have to worry about that because guess what? You can get right down to it with FanDuel as a new customer. You get $150, $150 in bonus bets, bonus bets now, with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players with teams with quick bets, live, same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Now, NBA action starts back up on Thursday after the All-Star break. You can get in on it, man, because teams are going to be racing to try to make the playoffs, so make sure you tap in to fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. Yo, segment two here on Locked On Jaguars. We're at your team every day, and we always thank you for making us your first. Listen, I have to remind y'all too and let you know, man, because you're missing out if you're not tuned in to Locked On Sports Today. That's right. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now, available on the free Fire TV channels app. 
All right, so dropping some stuff, dropping some gems today, talking about Josh Allen and why the Jaguars won't just handle business uh, before business handles them. They, that's what teams that don't win consistently do. And uh, I'm not just going to solely blame all of this stuff on Trent Baalke it, because it's accepted. And if it's accepted, then, you know, it's not just on him. It's, they need somebody else. He can't be the top football guy in the building. There has to be somebody that 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 – that puts the pressure on Trent Baalke and reigns him in a, a little bit. They are now uh, in a situation where they have to make a decision about Calvin Ridley, whether or not they are going to re-sign Calvin Ridley uh, prior to the league year opening, which I don't think they're going to do. If they do that, it's a second round pick that goes to uh, Atlanta. If they wait until after the league year to re-sign him, that means he has a chance to hit the, the market. And that is not considered a, an extension. That is a guy hitting free agency and then choosing to come back. But they run the risk. Of, I remember one, they run the risk of somebody else uh, coming in with a boatload of money and, and saying, okay, later, bye, one-year rental, third-round pick, see you later. And I remember Carlos Boozer. Y'all remember the Carlos Boozer situation when he was in Cleveland? I know it's a different sport, but do you remember that? I'm going to tell you what happened. Carlos, uh, Carlos Boozer was a second-round pick. He wasn't making a bunch of money, but he totally outplayed his contract, totally outplayed his contract. So the team wanted to do something for him, uh, but they couldn't because the only way that they could actually extend him, this is NBA rules. The only way you could actually extend him in his infancy in the league at that time was to cut him. So it would have to be cut. Not you can't give him an extension. You can't overpay him. You can't pay him a month. You have to cut him. Allow him to hit free agency. So they go to Boozer and his agent with a wink-wink deal. Look, man, this is what we want to give you. This is all that we can give you under the CBA. Here, It was some large amount of money, right? Let's just say it's like $60 million. I'm saying this for the argument. $60 million. It was some astronomical amount. This is a dude that's making $800,000 a year at the time or something like that. So what happens is they go, we want to do it, but we can't do it unless we put you out there. And if we put you out there, then other teams may come. So we're doing this because we want to give you more money and not, you know, basically hold you hostage to your contract when you're making less than a million dollars. So it's like, this is what we're going to do, man. We're going to do this together. Right? So Boozer hits free agency and signs this huge deal with Utah. It's like $90 million or something like that or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I'm just throwing numbers out there, but just to make the point, Cleveland couldn't match it. They they weren't even in a position to do it because of their cap situation and because of what the rules are. Utah had all of this salary cap space, so they said, okay. So this is the situation that I'm thinking that the Jaguars might be in, and it's weird that they might be in this situation. Like, Calvin, we, we okay, we, we want to re-sign you. I tell your agent we're going to re-sign you and told the agent when this all happened, look, we want him back, but here's the deal. Let's just let let us keep our pick. And whatever somebody offers, you know, just at least give us a chance to do whatever, right? I'm thinking that that might be the way this all goes. But if I'm the agent and if I'm Calvin Ridley, and you got to remember, Calvin Ridley's 29 years old, and this is his second bite of the apple. He had his rookie, he just finishing on his rookie deal. In fact, we talk about 50 options, he just played on one. OK, so he has never, ever been a free agent. He has never, ever had to negotiate a second deal. When you get drafted as a rookie, it's all slotted. 
you don't think for one minute that Calvin Ridley is going to sit here and listen to other people? Yeah, I do. I think his agent, if his agent does a good job, the way Boozer's agent did it, it wasn't Bush League. It's business. This is what it is. Yeah, I know what y'all are trying to do for me. I feel you, but you're also trying to help yourself a little bit. I know you are. So, look, it only benefits Calvin Ridley to allow the Jaguars to keep their second-round pick as opposed to a third if this is where he wants to be. And the only way this is going to be where he wants to be, you got to show him exactly how much you want him here. And this is the same thing that I'm talking about. I was talking about in the previous segment, which the Jaguars have had a tendency to show players from outside of the organization, some of them, that they want them more than they take care of their own people. This is going back to Yannick Ngakwe and Jalen Ramsey. And that's why I say this predates Trent Baalke. But it's just been more of the same. In fact, it's probably been a little bit worse because you can they spent big money in 2020, right? 2021 in free agency. And then last year they thought the team – this is just last year they thought the team was built, so eh, we ain't going to do nothing. You know, we're just going to ride this out. But see, here's the point. They keep making horrible, horrible decisions. So maybe the reason why they keep pushing these decisions back until the very last minute is because of the fact that they're not good at it. So the reason why I say you have to spend wisely at the position, leave it to the Jaguars to be sitting here needing to spend all of this money to re-sign a wide receiver when the draft is full of them. Full of them. The draft is full of wide receivers. When the draft is full of something, that means you you should be right there. And I think they'll take one. I really do. I think about, about maybe the third or fourth round, they'll grab a, a receiver to, to close out, the, you know, to, to, to complete their room a little bit. But they have to be very, very careful. You, you just never want to find yourself in a situation where you got all of these variables about Calvin Ridley. One of the biggest ones is you're going to spend money on a free agent wide receiver in a year when you should just be drafting one. The difference is, is of course, you know what you're getting already, right? But the other part of it is, what if the other team, what if these other teams get a guy and put him into a situation and as a rookie, right? What if there's a Puka Nakua out there and you don't even try to get him? So the difference would be Puka Nakua might make a million dollars a year, if that much. Calvin Ridley is going to cost you 20. So this is about resources and allocation of funds. And, and it's just like, why can't we never have, why can't we ever have nice things and, and be able to hit on a wide receiver? And think about this. The Rams hit on Puka in a year where the wide receivers weren't that heavy. Houston hit on Tank Dell when the wide receiver class wasn't that heavy. This is a heavy class. And this is the one the Jaguars got to be spending money. And it's just, this is the tale of them. And this is the team building stuff I always talk about. This is just bad luck. Because what's going to happen is if they don't take a receiver, guess who's behind them that's going to take wide receivers? Good teams that are in the playoffs already, and they're going to take some 6'4 gargantuan T-Rex that's going to be snatching the ball out of the air, and you got to guard it for years to come. Years to come. All right, man, I'm going to try to make it all make sense. I'm going to talk about why moving back to the spot where I just talked about those teams are. I'll tell you why in just a second here. Why that's such a big deal and why that's po that's a possibility and a probability, but with Trent, it might not even matter. I'll tell you about that in third and final second here on Locked on Jaguars.
third final segment here on Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. All right. So why would it be cool if the Jaguars move back in the draft? They currently picked 17th. Last year they picked, I think they started out at 26, ended up with 28 or something like that. And they got Anton Harrison, who is a very, very good football player, right? So the one thing that they've shown a propensity to do with, with Anton Harrison, Josh Allen, of course, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne before that, they'll get an impact player in the first round. They, they ain't too much missing on those guys. So the first round isn't, isn't really where I'm concerned, right? And with this draft being so deep, they're going to get a real, real good football player. Now, all of this also depends on what happens in free agency. But I also think that you can look at it in reverse and say that whatever happens in free agency uh, can be determined by the draft. Like I just said, you, you, you know, you're doing you're shopping backwards a little bit, but it makes sense to say, hey, spending money on those center. There's a ton of them in the draft that's going to start day one. I ain't spending money on, a, on an interior guard. There's a ton of them in the draft that are, I ain't spending money on, on this on, on a corner. Jim Nagy said corner and center are, are two of the most stacked positions. And then there's right tackles all over the place. And there's just so much stuff in the draft. This is the draft where you want a bunch of picks. This one, you want more bites at the apple, especially you want more bites at, a, at the apple on day two. And they're going to lose a day two pick already. All right. In the Calvin Ridley deal that I just mentioned. So you do want more bites of the apple. The problem is, is they haven't been. If Trent Baalke can't hit on these late picks, with more picks than anybody else, right? If he couldn't find Puka Nakua and he was drafting Tank Bigsby and 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 Brenton Strange and all of these, tell me who you'd rather have. They filled the square in with a blocking tight end on a big back, and they they didn't necessarily need a wide receiver. Would you rather have that kid now? And I know it feels like I'm cherry picking. Would you rather have Tank Dell now? You wouldn't even sit here and be talking about needing more wide receivers if you had got one of those guys last year. So this is the thing that I always tell folks about. Watch that need stuff. Watch that need stuff and these preconceived things that you thought of instead of looking at the dudes that's sitting right there in the draft. Can you take one of them? So And then you have to play against them. You got you to gotta play, especially the ones in the division. You got to play against them twice a year. You saw that last year when Tank Dell was catching touchdowns all over the place right here in Jacksonville. So y'all can talk about need and filling squares all you want to. I'm talking about guys that's going to make plays. So for a guy that doesn't do well at drafting, he actually needs more picks. He needs more bites at the apple because now if he's a if he'll hit on 20% of them, I'd rather have him have 10 picks and get two than only have five picks and only get one. That's real good math right there. Now, that's some, that's some good algebra for you right there because that's 20%. So the thing is to get as many good players as you can. And in a really, really deep draft, once again, the Jaguars find themselves without a second or a third round pick that they normally have. And they spend it on a wide receiver. And now they got to make a decision where they're going to keep that wide receiver. And then they ain't going to know for about a week or two or maybe three weeks or so before the league year. It's just this is what this is the situation that they're in. And they're always in this situation. They got a center on a contract that can't block my grandmother and my aunt. Right. And who's weak. If the wind blows, he's going to fall. They got an aging right guard who, while he isn't terrible, he's not as good as the money you're paying him. They got a decision to make it left tackle. The Jaguars have so many. And for folks that sit here and tell me this team isn't that far away, they're nine and eight. But why is everyone arguing over whether they need a corner, whether they need two corners, 
whether they need uh, a third edge rusher, whether the linebackers are any good. The fact that the defensive there are holes in the defensive line and they need a defensive tackle who can rush the pass and affect the quarterback up the middle. Outside of Foy Oliver-Kahn, I'll say that, even though Devin Lloyd played better, they still need depth, right? They need depth and they need competition. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball, they need interior offensive linemen, correct? They need at least two wide receivers, right? So tell me the team that you think is so close that needs all of that stuff, all of that impact. They need a center. They need a guard or two. They might need another tackle. They need at least two wide receivers. Uh, they need a defensive tackle who's a stud and who's a pass rusher. They need cover corners because nobody's under contract after this season in 2024. They also need depth at linebacker and they could use more edge rush. So basically, you would be better telling me what the Jaguars don't need and we could have a quicker conversation than telling me the things that they do need. And oh, by the way, the general manager even said himself, we're not physical we're not big, strong, and physical enough. So you, when, when you come at me and tell me they're close, and I'm thinking like, <laughs> really? If they were close, then it would be unanimous what they needed. It'd be like, no, nah, man, let's just, just take the best. But this is what close teams say. Just take whoever the best player is. We'll figure it out. That's what close teams do. Close teams aren't sitting here and able to, to name. I saw somebody the other day, and there's somebody I kind of respect a little bit too, and I wanted to say something, but I, I wasn't feeling as good as I normally do, so I ain't even getting get, get into it with him. But somebody said, hear me out now, that they want the Jaguars to sign LeJerry Sneed. They want the Jaguars to sign Daniil Hunter. Move Trayvon Walker inside. They want the Jags to re-sign Josh Allen. They want him to keep Calvin Ridley. Resign Calvin Ridley. You, we can stop right there. They said something else too. And I was sitting there thinking, like, okay, you got to give Sneed $70 million. You're gonna have to give Daniel Hunter a hundred million. You're gonna have to give Josh Allen a hundred million. You're gonna have to give Calvin 75, 80 million. Uh, wh where do y'all think this salary cap money comes from? Where, where, where do you think, where does anyone think that going out and doing something like that is smart? Where do you, where, where, I mean, we just, we just going shopping like with no limit. We're like Michael Jackson, the late Michael Jackson, when he walked into that antique shop and he goes, I want this, 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 this. Do you honestly think that they have like this endless cash machine and this endless credit card machine and they could just keep doing that over and over again and all of those guys that want to come here are you crazy? We have to wise up, man. The best thing to do if you need all of those things in this draft is to move right back to a spot where you did real well last year. Come back to like 28. Find out if Buffalo wants to come up and give you an extra second. Find out if the Chiefs want to come up and give you an extra second and plant yourself, plant yourself right there at 32 with a fifth-year option and take the best player on the board because you could close your eyes and throw a dart and whatever position it lands on outside of running back and quarterback, and you'll be fine if you're a Jaguar because you need just about everything in the book. You can literally play pin the tail on the donkey, take those two positions out, and, and maybe tight end, although I have some feelings about that. Maybe tight end, and you can just point. And say, boom, right there. That's what we need. They need a safety. And people will go, well, they got Johnson. Yeah, they got Johnson. 
But guess what? From last year, and they got uh, Cisco. Cisco's not under contract after this season, and Antonio Johnson might be suited best to be a big nickel. That's where you take a linebacker out and put an extra DB in, but you don't put a corner in. You put a safety in that can also guard tight ends, and he's also better against the run. Therefore, it doesn't make you susceptible to teams knowing that you're doing that and then running the ball while you're in your nickel because now you got a dude that's kind of a small linebacker. Yeah. Like the Ravens had like seven, eight DBs on the field last year, right? Yeah, they're going to play split safeties. They might need another ball hawk dude. They might need to look at K, uh, the, the kid from uh, USC or Tyler Newman from Minnesota. If he's a real good player, imagine him in a split safety situation. Guys that can really, really tackle. Ryan Nielsen said they are going to emphasize tackling. The best thing that I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars should entertain, depending on the way the board falls and what they do in free agency, I would go out and I get three or four good free agents. Three or four good ones. Maybe Damian Lewis on the line. If Robert Hunt is too expensive, uh, get get one of those big interior guys. I could look if, if Richie James or Lloyd Cushenberry is out there at center and it's not astronomical because it's critical that you get guys that can play right away and make Trevor Lawrence feel safe, right? So I do that. Resign Calvin Ridley. If they're going to resign Josh, that's fine. Go ahead and resign Josh. And then I trade back and I load up on all of these positions where everybody thinks that they need to be loading up and free. I get a defensive tackle. I get a corner or two. There are a couple of guys right down the road in Tallahassee that could be the second guy you take at corner, or maybe the first if you're thinking about uh, Renardo Green. But Jari and Jones is a good nickel who you can get maybe, maybe, maybe with that compensatory pick in the third round. Defensive defensive tackles, you don't have to take one in the first round, but you can come back and get Dwayne Carter. You have to identify the guys that can help you long and short term that also make you big, strong, and physical, but at the same time can help you right away. The best chance of doing that for me is if the Jaguars explore moving back in the draft. You guys don't have to move back anywhere. All you got to do is stay here with me on Locked On Jaguars. It'll always be your team every day. We should always be your first listen. And Locked On Sports today should be your second listen because they've launched the first ever, we have launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And it's now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports today is here 24-7. It's the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on youtube and make sure you check that out all right man until tomorrow we're gonna do it again i might have a little bonus show for you uh we'll talk about some things too but make sure you tap into locked on jaguars wherever you get your podcast until then you guys take care of each other we'll see you next time